Hello and welcome to the Screenbait Podcast with Luke and Saab. On this week's show, we discuss the future of cinema, Emma Thompson's views on utterly unbalanced movie romances, as well as Wonder Woman 1984. We will end the show with the great screen debate where this week's topics include What's the best Christmas film? The best television show of 2020? And finally, we'll finish off with Why the cinema is overrated and will be just okay without it. So strap in and get ready for some movie and TV talk, baby! Hello, 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 and welcome back to Screenbait. We have a name change. The name change. Stay the same. After one episode, we've changed our name. We're a disgrace. We're a fucking joke. My two, my two gay fathers told me I had to change it. They were like, "It's too commonplace. Think of something new and creative that hasn't been used." And I was like, "Okay, dads." And there's no podcast with that name, so we're unique, one in a, one of a kind. How are we spelling now? Are we spelling like B-A-I-C or B-A-T-E, like the bait? I'd say B-A-I-T. Okay, so as last week, we'll start off with the headlines in the movie-verse and TV-verse. To start off, we have Tom Hanks promoting a film. I have no idea what it's about. News of the world. Tom Hanks believes movies will still absolutely exist after COVID-19, but he doesn't know whether they will survive and thrive in cinemas or if streaming will be the new normal. Cinemas are going to have the freedom to literally pick what they show in the cinema. Big franchises like Marvel and the DCEU will uh, control everything that goes through the cinema, and then for smaller independent films, such as his, will be more of a streaming audience. Oh, yeah, well, Tom knows best, doesn't he? Mr. Fucking Hanks. I don't know. Mister... I don't think anyone knows what's going to happen. I don't think anyone has any clue. Cinemas I think Tom gone. does, though. He... First man to survive, first celebrity to survive COVID nineteen. I think he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I reckon cinemas are fucking toasted, pal. Over here, anyway. I think it's gonna yeah, be it's AMC or AMC are on their knees. AMC are on their knees, literally at the moment. They're like the biggest, they're like the biggest cinema conglomerate in the world, or one of them. They own, they own Odeon, and they own. Obviously, they had their own theaters in America, who like take up majority of theaters in America as AMC. And they own theatres in the UK and Ireland. So if they shit the bed, then it's over. Dead. Finished. Done. Absolutely fucking. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I kind of agree with uh, with Tom about the franchises. Like, cinemas will be so... Uh, like, they'll have to release things that'll make the money. So there'll be no yeah. point releasing a tiny indie flick. They'll have to, they'll have to do the cash like grab. A, yeah. N- n- don't release a small film like Christopher Nolan's Tenet you know like a baby baby shit you know release a big Marvel or Star Wars give me a blockbuster I actually care about yeah give me Fast and Furious 9 that'll get the people back in their seats yeah back in your seats Vin Diesel the art house um, the art house yeah, cinemas yeah, will yeah. become a niche for a, a oh, small God, yeah. I guess like Tenet <laughs> but um <laughs> like Tenet Big blockbusters such as Dune, The Matrix and The New Suicide Squad being produced by uh, Warner Brothers will all be streaming on HBO Max next year. And one man who wasn't impressed by this was Dune director, I don't know how to pronounce this, David Villeneuve. Was that Villeneuve. I think I butchered it. Villeneuve believes AT&T, the big huge fat conglomerate that runs Warner Brothers who took it over there two years ago I think mm. has hijacked Warner Brothers and is costing the film fr- uh, the film industry an awful lot of money and uh, ruining the lives of all creatives involved he believes AT&T have no love for cinema or the audience the move for all uh, its films to go out on HBO Max is survival for the Telegon mammoth which is 150 billion in debt uh, mm. he believes June is about the cinema and audiences, and AT&T is about its own survival on Wall Street. He believes HBO Max's failure has uh, caused AT&T to sacrifice Warner Brothers and its entire schedule for 2021. Filmmaking is a collaboration reliant on mutual trust and teamwork, and Warner Brothers has declared they are no longer on the same team. 
Streaming has been a powerful and positive addition to the movie and TV ecosystem. Streaming can produce great content, but not on the size and scale of Dune. And he believes that his motion picture should be seen on the big screen where it was intended to be seen. That's what all the big directors are saying, though. Christopher Nolan did the same thing. He was like, I ain't releasing this anywhere else but the fucking IMAX theatres. Put it on. Open yeah, the cinemas for my v- movie. Villeneuve <laughs> is more, not as pretentious as Nolan, I yeah, don't think. He was like, so now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nolan was like, risk your own, your pathetic life Nolan. to see my great film <laughs> no. make your shitty life better. Whereas Villeneuve yeah, was like, give it a chance. Well, you'll see it eventually. Nolan's like here in the middle of like in the the summer when it was at the peak at its worst. He was like, "No, open it up, open it. I ain't fucking leaving." <laughs> uh, yeah, God's sake, <laughs> open it up. You will see my movie on the big screen. Yeah, yeah. that'll be the only movie. The of... only movie out. It was the only movie out again in cinemas at the time. Uh, yeah, for yeah. the whole month of August and September before we locked down again. Tenant yeah, was and then, number yeah. one. And it made no money. Villeneuve also said, once the pandemic is over, theatres will be filled with film lovers again, not because the movie industry needs it, but because, as humans, we need cinema as a collective experience. Uh, The movie-going experience is like no other. In those dark theatres, films capture our history, educate us, fuels our imagination, and lift and inspire our collective spirit. It is our legacy. Long live theatrical cinema, is what he finished that letter with. So he basically just gave a big fucking two finger salute to AT and T and said, "Suck on these." You know, June's gonna get released in cinemas in Guinea because it was looking like it's not gonna be on HBO Max anymore because he was like, "No." They kind of HBO Max, whatever Warner Brothers, they seem to fucking do it without any of the big directors' knowledge when they made that announcement of all the movies coming out. Hardly anyone knew. I think that's why they absolutely fluffed it. All the directors are gonna be absolutely—they're all pissed because they weren't told. They were just saw it on the on the fucking on the news. Like he said that the sixteen of the fe- felt hard done by with that announcement. Like, yeah, it's not gonna make the money that it would from streaming as it would from a wide release. Like I don't know how the streaming works for films and TV, but if it's anything like Spotify, the profit—the <laughs> profit is not there for the creatives. I don't—I don't think you make as much money. Yeah, because June costs like whatever. I don't know how much nearly a hundred plus million I'd say to make that I don't know how you can make that back on streaming I guess we'll see what Warner Brothers do they're a bit of a shit show these days not the classic uh, the classic big production yeah. company they used to be I don't they're know they're very reactive place, but... they're really reactive when it comes to stuff like instead of proactive they're reactive now let's move on to our second story which is about female empowerment and sexism in Hollywood just classic old news Emma Thompson criticises utterly unbalanced movie romances between men and women. She has a new film coming out where she plays a 55-year-old widow who hires a 20-something-year-old sex worker to make her feel good again. And she believes there's a double standard in Hollywood and she questions why it's so common for older men to be portraying with younger women in films but why you would never see the opposite on the big screen, which is a which is a pretty fair statement, because I can't count one time I've seen that, really. What's the name of that film? It is called Good Luck to You, Leo Grande. Oh. Uh, she, she's saucy. like, she basically said, she said on the uh, Culture Blast podcast that uh, how it's acceptable for the Silver Fox, George, George the Clooney, to be 30 or 40 years older than a fine young woman on screen, but how would people react to her being with a fine young fellow? I uh, sure. How many times do you see a film where like Bruce Willis, he was like, "What now? He's fucking how old?" He's always got like a twenty-year-old, a thirty-year-old, and like, and they're like husband and wife or something. Bruce Willis is always you know, or Adam Sandler or something. Yeah, movies as well. I have a few examples here. I read an article on entertainment when they were talking about this, and she was like, "No films with older women with younger men, but like modern-day kind of examples." I think it was two years ago, Daniel Day-Lewis in Phantom Thread was 26 years older than his female co-star. Mm. What well, believe that? Also, was, it, was it Jeff, or what's your man's name? Um, he was in Dumb and Dumber and stuff. Uh, not Jim Carrey, the other fella. What's that? <sighs> yeah, the guy from the newsroom. What's his name? Well, yeah, but he's in a movie called, he was like, where he goes, Anna Paquin or someone played his daughter in a movie and then like, like a really, like a baby daughter, like she was like a toddler, I think, or maybe like 10 or something. But, and then a few years later, like she was like his love interest, like 
less than 10 years later like really weird Jeff Daniels that's his name that's whatever, whatever after he's played his daughter in that uh, Jesse fucking that um, Squid in the Wild or something it was called it was like an indie flick and then a few years later they were romantic lovers or something in a movie I wonder if she did <laughs> maybe just don't she... do it at all like either way like maybe if they just you know, don't do it either way just, just cut it out just cut it out like, cut, cut the pervy with pedo behaviour out maybe you know right yeah but it isn't even pervy half the time just sometimes the yeah, casting yeah. of it it's a bit kind of like another yeah, example it's Mank apparently Gary Oldman yeah is yeah, a 33 yeah. years older than a two, two pence Middleton that's a bit much isn't it yeah, that's a bit much. It is a bit much, and the the two actual people they're playing in real life are the same age, so I don't know why they. Oh, to... really? Yeah. Ew. Why did you do that then? I don't know. Oh God. Because I guess, I guess when they hire a young actress who's attractive with an older man, they do the misogynistic thing and believe she's eye candy and will draw mm. people to the film. The classic James mm. Bond Bond girl dilemma, I guess. Not a fan. Maggie Gyllenhaal said as well for a film that um she auditioned for. She was 37 at the time. And the cast and director was like, nah, 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 you're too old, love. <laughs> Get out of here. And the oh. lead man was 55. And they were like, you're That's 37, fuck. you're too old. Get out of the room. Yeah, it's fucked, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Hollywood is a great not, place. Not a fucking fan of that. Yeah, Hollywood sounds like a place where you want to work in. Yeah, let's not let's let's stick to our Canadian dreams. Be yeah. nice guys up north. I mean, and not a sleaze bag in LA. Fuck the purge, man. Ah, Fuck them, I guess. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Nothing else to say. Or like, yeah. I love the way Emma Thompson's like. You know, I I want I want to if I want to have a young squeeze, I should have a young squeeze in a movie. You know. Yeah, she <laughs> if I she just young... wants equal rights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with, okay. She wants a fine young thing. Gary Oldman gets one. She's she's like, where's does mine? she mean? Does she mean just in the movies, like as an acting, or does she mean in real life, like, like? No, I think it's just an acting for this. Okay, because it was Cause real, real life, life as well. I'd be like, ooh, <laughs> I don't know about that now. No, Either way, no. I mean, just cut it out both ways. She means it in a creative decision kind of way. Yeah, yeah, creative. it happens in real life. Look at it, Aaron Taylor Johnson and his wife. Ah, uh, that was that. Yeah, that's man. That's They're happily married. Yeah, and he was what seventeen or eighteen when they met, and she was. He was not groomed. Yeah, <laughs> oh, he was not groomed. I repeat, <laughs> it's not. Oh god, <laughs> I might cut that out. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we're not qualified for this for this conversation. Yeah, we're not this conversation. We don't. We don't have a uh, training in Look. the right things to say. Yeah, we can't even talk about anything we've watched. Have you watched Wonder Woman now? No, because I can't. We've nowhere else to watch it. I can't get it anywhere. Is it not? Yeah, I get that. It's not. Uh, it's not on. It's not it's on Sky late. Store. It's not on. Yeah. Why didn't uh, they release it on Sky Store? I, I thought they, the they probably fans. will. They probably will. It's on HBO Max, but we don't have that over here. I don't think we can get HBO Max over here, can we? But I thought everything that kind of went on that, they went straight to Sky Store. That was yeah. like our equivalent. Uh, I thought so as well, but it was in the cinema for like two days. The cinemas were open for like two days in December. And then they all got shut down again. And it was out for that point. I didn't get a chance to see it. I've heard mixed things though, so I want to... Yeah, wanna see I thought it. it was a bit long. I've seen it. Where'd you see we it? Won't, we won't discuss... Uh, me and Lara went to see it there fucking last week. One of the two days it was still open. In the cinemas? Fuck. Was it yeah. that good? I don't know. It was Tell a bit long. Then. It was classic DCEU fucking... I have to make this film two and a half hours long. For no reason. Was it? Yeah, I heard it was choppy. Is Pedro, yeah. is our boy Pedro Pascal? Pedro, Pedro Pascal was... An, uh, I didn't know he was cast in this as the villain. So I was yeah. surprised when I saw him in the promotions building up. Yeah, he was class. He, uh, he, he was much better than uh, Kristen Wiig as his villain, Max Lord. Is Kristen Wiig not good, no? I don't see what her character did for the story at all, really. It didn't drive it forward at all. Uh, so you really Max Lord, it then? Pedro Pascal, kind of. Mm. He was the best part. It reminded me a lot of um, the older style kind of films where, uh, like the 90s superhero films where the villains got nearly as much screen time as the actual oh, hero. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. 
Are there really... any big reveals? Any big juicy like comic book stuff, like or like you know superhero stuff? Do you want a spoiler? It's not really uh, that much of a spoiler, I guess. Okay. It doesn't affect uh, okay. the story, but the original like Wonder Woman me. turned up at the end. Kind of like really the after credit scene. Yeah, she like caught a pillar from falling on a child. So I don't know what that's in regards to. Is she another person from that island? From another from u- universe, or I don't know. Or multiverse, we, maybe? Yeah, classic. DC. Because they're doing, that, they're, doing that in the, they're doing that in the Flash movie. They're just going to open it up. Because Michael Keaton's going to be in that as Batman again, apparently. So. Michael Keaton loves franchise money. Love to yeah. see it. Don't blame Don't blame anyone. I, I don't blame him either. He's a great actor. That franchise money, yeah. They've announced Wonder Woman 3. Don't know where they'll go with that. I didn't realise they had a three-film plan. I don't know how the second one kind of will build into that. Well, you'll see her again anyway in the, when they do more Justice Leagues and they do more shit like that, so... Yeah, we'll more see. Team-ups. I'd, I'd recommend for you to watch it just to... Oh, I'm going to watch it anyway. You yourself. Watch, yeah. Watch, yeah, I'm going to watch them. Those movies anyway. Like. <laughs> I saw it without seeing the first one as well, so... You haven't seen the first one? No. You're a fucking nah. disgrace. You're a disgrace. I heard, I heard the first one was mixed as well. The first one's good. The first one's really good, apart from like the last thing. Like, the last that third act. Fight. Yeah, the yeah. third act is the third act is good. It's just this one part of the third act where she's fighting Luke, Professor Lupin from from Harry Potter. When Guardian Leviosa. He's not. He's not very intimidating. So he, he's like meant to be this god guy, and he just kind of looks like CGI shit. He looks like a big fucking. Boss from yeah. Mortal Kombat or something, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, he, he looks poor, like, he looks poor. Chris Pine was also delightful again. Again, was like it? I saw the first one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really enjoyed Chris <laughs> Pine again. Chris Pine was just, good in Just it, in generally, just delightful again in Gemma, whatever. <laughs> whenever you watch him, just, he's delightful again. I haven't seen him in a movie in five years. He seven. is a great actor. I don't think I've seen him in anything where he hasn't been good. Yeah, I love you, Chris Pine. Star Trek. The Star Trek 3 10 years ago 7 years ago I think the last thing I saw him in was that terrible Disney film Into the Woods the singing one with fucking James Corden being a loud mouth fucking singing bass but he was delightful he was delightful but he was delightful and he was, and he was yeah. delightful again he was delightful again <laughs> 10 out of 10 Chris Pine keep it coming I, yeah. I hope he gets brought back to life again in the third one that's how good he was oh is he dead he's <laughs> full of fucking bad. he dies in the first one I want he's him to be Green Lantern He's already dead. You want him as a Green Lantern? I'd love him to be Green Lantern. Yeah, he'd be great Green Lantern. What's the what's that Green Lantern called? John Stewart's uh, the one I want. John Stewart is yeah. Everyone wants John Stewart. Hal Jordan is the is the one that I'm gonna. They're gonna do. I think I think they're making a TV show for Green Lantern, and they're gonna have all them in it. So yeah, I'm sure it'll be as good as the Ryan Reynolds movie. That one was savage. Yeah, Taika Waititi only went on to greater and better things after that. Do you know that that man Tiger which he, he directed the uh, Inbetweeners American TV show the American one Oh man that kind of hurts my feelings so I didn't know that I, was not supposed to be I, the I, greatest yeah. shit show ever it, I, I watched the first two episodes of one that feel last yeah, like, like last year for a laugh like, and then I was like this is so bad this is like so bad and then at the end, it just comes directed by Tiger Watiti, and I was like, I just like spit. I was like, I might drink out. I was like, no fucking way. That gives me hope, though. I was like, you could direct an absolute shit show. Yeah. And then make it. I don't know. I thought his humour would have been very. I don't know if like, he got British, it. I think standard. he just directed it. I just think oh. he directed whatever script was given to him. Like, yeah, he took, rough, he took his rough. payday and walked away. You haven't watched Soul either, no? No, I haven't watched anything. I am extremely hungover. Uh, I'm in bits today. I haven't watched a single thing. I was meant to watch a movie for this, but uh, I'm a disgrace and I didn't watch it. I think we have enough on this part, anyways. We can just yeah. um, go nice to the little Wonder Woman review. One side Wonder Woman review. One side of Wonder Woman where I discuss nothing really. Apart from Chris Pine being a delightful again. You see Chris him Pine's delightful. Is he your favourite Chris? Is he my favourite Chris? Chris's favorite. Yeah, no, nah, he's not. Nah, I'm lying. Who's your favorite? Probably Evans for his oh, diversity. Yeah, forgot he, oh, yeah, for, yeah, forgot him for a sec. He's decent. Like he was more, he was more than Marvel. He wasn't made by Marvel or whatever. He existed before. He had that. He got that firework up his ass, and he exploded into. Yeah, he had not another teen movie under his belt. 
What else did he have? That, he was uh, fantastic film. Fantastic Four. I loved the way he was in that. What a glow up to become Captain America after that disaster. Yeah. Rise uh, of the Silver Surfer. Oh, yeah. You can't really pick Chris he, Pratt either, can you? Since he's a, yeah. he's part of a bad man church. He's part of a real bad guy church. Very disappointing, isn't he? Yeah, that was a terrible real life reveal. What a terrible twist. One of the Chris's biggest. Yeah. And he came out and was like, hey, I don't, I don't speak for my church. I was like, why do you go to them then? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I obviously just go to listen. <laughs> yeah. I don't uh, speak for my church. The church doesn't speak for me. I just follow them, lad. Yeah. Maybe he's just... They may be racist and homophobic. I'm just a, I'm just a bystander. <laughs> like every good religion, it has its ups and downs. Yeah. But non-acceptance of other people is one of them. So get out of that church, Chris. You are at the bottom of my list. Yeah. Bad Chris. Who's your top, Chris? Hemsworth, man. Why? Just for the looks? No, he's got he's got chops. The lad's yeah, got oh, yeah, the, the comedy chops. He's hilarious. Yeah. He he's is gas in, in, in The Last Tour and The Last Avengers. And, uh, yes, all you... Chris's have that in common. They're all just delights. Well, Except you, Pratt. Fuck you. <laughs> Leave your church, Pratt. Yeah, he's bottom. He's a bottom bottom. Bottom tier, Chris. Lower tier. We really we went on debate, a man. We should, we, yeah. There. Yeah, we should do a debate on the best Chris. Yeah, will we? Next week. We'll do we'll do we'll do one of them who's the best Chris. Yeah. How about we do it as the one with the shit answer? Why Chris Pratt is great. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> You come across have to defend the bigot. <laughs> yeah. But at least he got those quips, though. Well, That's what he, doesn't, he doesn't speak for his church, yeah? They, he doesn't, they don't speak for him. Now, onto our final segment of the podcast. We have another rebranding, new name. But, I don't know, this is a bit cheesy. But welcome to the Scream Bait Debate. With me, never Luke. say that ever again. Never say that. <laughs> <laughs> what is it then? Scream yeah, debate, debate. The, I'll say it in a different the tone. Master, well, the master, the master debate. <laughs> <laughs> what? The master debate. Welcome. <laughs> Why? Because we're two master masters. Debate. <laughs> the master <laughs> debate. <laughs> um, okay. The master oh, uh, with Luke and Sam. Yeah, there we go. Let's see how they like that. Okay, give us feedback on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you got any names for us, we're really struggling here. <laughs> I'm glad my mother picked life. my name. I would have struggled for a while. Yeah. Um, the master debate was delightful. Christmas was last week. So I guess we'll start off with that one. Did you have a good Christmas sob? Yeah, I did. Did you have a platform on at home with the fam? Love the fam. Watch Christmas Quality movies. Time. Yeah, you did. Chocolate. Did you pick your favourite? Man, of course I picked my favourite. We better not have the same one. We didn't actually ask for what you were, so I don't know. Nah, we definitely don't have the same one. I oh, went, is yours like... I went out of the box. Is yours... I, oh, God. Is... I went out of the box. I was like... Because <laughs> I'm a bit of a... I'm Die a bit hard, of a... Man. <laughs> nah, I didn't pick Die Hard, but it's out there with Die Hard. So the first question of the master debate is the best Christmas film. There was no specifications on what a Christmas film was, so I picked a film that took place at Christmas. But you can go first. All right. Well, I think anyone that listens to this will agree with me. If yours is out there, I think of uh, everyone watches this movie every Christmas. It's 10 out of 10 Christmas movie every time. 10 out of 10 good time every time. It's our boy Macaulay Culkin. It's classic, the classic Home Alone one. Top tier, mass Christmas as far as Christmas movies go, masterpiece, masterpiece. Better than a Wonderful Life. I'm saying it. You feel the story stronger than It's a Wonderful Life. The story is stronger. It's got John Candy. This movie's got everything. Yeah, it's got, it's got crooks, it's got toys, it's got pranks, it's got John Candy playing a musical instrument. And it's got that man from Shit's Creek. The da? No, the mam. <laughs> oh, the mam yeah. from Shit's Creek is the mam in Home Alone. Catherine O'Hara. 
the whole story is great, man. Who doesn't love Home Alone? You're gonna tell me, you're gonna you're gonna sit there and tell me Home Alone is is bad? You know you're not. No. Yeah. I wish they got yeah, Michael going. Jackson to cameo in the second one Ooh. instead of Donald Trump. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> I do not. <laughs> I do not. We're not talking about Home Alone Two: Lost in New York, which is which is also We're talking about one class time. We're talking about one. One the the first they looked the best. You know, Joe Pesci. You got Joe Pesci in it, man. You got Joe Pesci. The, the whole, like, the last, obviously, obviously the last act is literally God-tier comedy for kids. And I've laughed on, I laugh. Yeah, but you tell me you didn't laugh your ass off every time watching Home Alone when you were younger at the end. Yeah. The, the I mean, performances from Pesci and the guy who plays Marv are so good. And the performance from I the can't remember the last time I watched it. I didn't I watch it this year. Every Christmas. So, You're there you go. Not everyone What's watches it every Christmas. Well, yeah, you're only except you. Everyone else does. Everyone else watches Home Alone every Christmas. It's on everywhere because the best. I picked, I, I picked a film that takes place at Christmas, and has a oh, few oh, Christmas oh, props oh. in it. Oh, so it's not even you've already. What is it? Go on. I picked Tim Burton's Batman Returns. Oh my God, that film when, seemed like good. When you technically think about it. It's basically the plot of the Grinch. Danny DeVito, a little disfigured penguin baby, is disgusts his parents and they throw him into the sewer where he grows up to become the penguin. So it's basically the Grinch. He comes back to Gotham City and is like, I want to be mayor. And I don't know, I loved that film growing up. It has as much Tim Burtonisms as any Burton fan would want. It was dark. It was also kind of silly, even though it was dark. Michelle Pfeiffer was in it. Best Catwoman cat ever to be on the silver screen. The chemistry between her and Michael Keaton is A1. We have Christopher Walken as Max Shrek. Yeah, so did I until I started researching um, it. No, no. What Batman Returns isn't even a good isn't even a good movie, man. Like, never mind a good Christmas movie. That's not it even is a, a good Batman was, film. No, it's not. Batman Returns is 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 so okay, it's so fine. I love look. You, you know me. I love Danny DeVito, man. I'm I'm one of the biggest yeah, Danny DeVito fans out there. I love that guy. I love that dude. But he's not. He's, his penguin is so weird. It's just not penguin. What it's Christmas just, film have you ever seen? A small man bite the nose off a big man. That shit's iconic. And it takes no. place on the backdrop of Christmas. Isn't even that it takes place in the backdrop. It's not even a Christmas movie. It's not even about Christmas, is it? It's just about yeah, it's just about Batman and Christmas. Guy. It's Batman at Christmas time, but there's nothing really Christmasy about it. Like it's not. I won't, I won't call it even a Christmas movie. I think you've really shot yourself in the foot here, pal. I've I've put on the plate one of the best, the best Christmas offerings there is to have, have to offer. Like you know. Oh, I really no. thought you were going to pick the Grinch. That's why I didn't pick the Grinch. No. No. You should have picked the Grinch. You nah, <laughs> have a chance to pick to. the Grinch right now if you want. I'll give you a chance to pick the Grinch right now. To get get out of this hole you've dug yourself in and pick a Christmas movie. <laughs> You're a sham. Nah, I can't do that. <laughs> can't have the audience thinking I'm a bitch on fucking episode yeah, two. Absolutely. You're getting strong I'm going to stick to my guns. Anyone that listens to this is going to know we're home alone. It's also a great story with the mother's journey trying to find Kevin is get back to her house is great and then she meets like John Candy along the way it's got a lot it's heartwarming the the shovel guy across the road from from Kevin you know everyone thinks is crazy killer turns out to be like a nice heartwarming story at the end you know he just wants to just wants to spend Christmas with his daughter how fucking nice it's got loads of nice Christmassy themes of family and all that and being together Michelle Pfeiffer one up the Macaulay Kunkel with the pranks did you see her. She murdered oh. that guy at the end with a taser in her mouth, in Mur- his mouth, and kissed him. Yeah, that's not a death. prank. That's not a, you wouldn't get that not, home alone. Yeah, that's not a prank. That's just a step too far. When you got nine lives, man, when you got nine lives. Hey, f- first degree murder isn't Christmassy, all right? Now, hitting someone in the head with a, with, a, with, a, with a flying, <laughs> with a flying uh, a paint can is Christmassy, okay? Down the stairs. Setting a guy's head on fire while he screams is Christmassy. Home Alone is just a film about bad parenting, really. Is it even a Christmas film? It's about yes. a neglected child spending Christmas it's alone. About, it's about, about being abducted by two dangerous men. Yeah, he doesn't get abducted. He's too fucking cool for school to get abducted, man. They try their best. 
<laughs> if the dab existed in the 90s, Macaulay Culkin would be dabbing all over the place. Yeah, Macaulay Culkin, yeah, he was too cool to get caught up in that movie. They couldn't have thought, they didn't have them. No, it was Christmassy. The whole theme of, like, you know, the family at Christmas time, and, you know, yeah, it's, 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 and then you have the, the guy spending Christmas with his, um, the guy spending Christmas with his, with his daughter at the end. That's a nice, lovely little, lovely little reveal at the end when he's looking out. Gives him the nod. Merry Christmas. Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, it's not even an argument. How could you even call Home Alone anything, <laughs> anything else? How could you even call Home Alone anything else other than a Christmas movie? It's the most. It's just giving people another option. The people who no, are a fan of classic no. Christmas films, they want something. <laughs> they want something edgy. Batman Returns, man. <laughs> what? Oh, get the family down. The put some uh, Christmassy on. What are you? Batman Tim Returns? Burton. Is it? Batman Returns. Oh, I love Michelle Pfeiffer. Says my grand. What's that stuff? What's that stuff that comes out of Donnie DeVito's mouth in the black goo that comes out of him or something? Black spittle. <laughs> yeah, it's rot. It's not even. Yeah, he's not even the penguin. Then he's just some. He's just some creature. <laughs> yeah. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I'm sticking with it. It's not even the. It's not even the best Tim Burton Batman movie. I prefer it. But let's not get into the first one. That's the end of the first oh. debate. I guess you can pick Sob's wrong answer, or you can pick my right one. No, you decide. I, get, I don't think anyone will pick Batman Returns. Home Alone is the most Christmassy of Christmas films. No. If anyone does, they're they're lying to themselves. <laughs> they're I, silly, also, they hate beats. Christmas. Anyone picks Batman Returns, they must have a shy Christmas. I'm literally going to put up the vote just to see if anyone votes for it. Now it's question number two. Me and Saab had a bit of a tussle, a tug of war, if you will, over this question. But we decided question number two was... The best show, television show of 2020. New or a a follow-up season? So, Saab, you can go first. I'm really... I think I guessed what it is. Will I tell you what I think I thought you picked? What did you... What show did I pick? I think you picked... I was on Netflix and I was like, ah, he definitely picked Umbrella Academy season two. Oh, did I? No, he didn't, lad. Didn't pick that. Damn. Uh... Like we, me and Luke were deciding where it was just it had to be a new show or just a new season, and I fought really hard for it to be a new season. Uh, so mine is the Queen's Gambit season one is my pick. No. Oh, I was I'm like joking. Was... No, it's not. No, it's not. No, no, it's not my pick. Uh, what's your? I, I know what your pick is. I know what your pick is. I know. No, you don't. I, no, you it's, don't it's, say it. Say it. You want it. You wanted to do it. Say it. No, I didn't. Say pick what it. you want to say. I say didn't. What you want I didn't enjoy it that much. <laughs> yeah, you I did. did your tweet about. I did not pick. Your... Paul Mescal, it's normal people. Man, you were tweeting about that thing non-stop. I, can't, I don't believe it. Best adaptation no, ever. I didn't. <laughs> Best book adaptation <laughs> ever. It was pretty good. See that. It was pretty decent, but I didn't pick it. I didn't enjoy it the most. It was a bit of a slow yeah. burn. I enjoyed uh, it more because I read the novel. Yeah, well, I, I had the perfect response. I was like waiting for you to say normal people, and I was going to be like, yeah, I see. Okay, I, well, I go first then. Go first then. It better not be the same as mine. Mine's a season two of a show, but it's... Uh... Nah, it's not. It's not the same. This was a one-off. This was a a, a documentary piece. Oh, I know what it's going to be. I know what it's going to be. I love basketball. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. Best TV show of 2020 was The Last Dance. The story of Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls. Season of 97 and 98, The Last Dance. As it was referred to. Man, this show was just an absolute highlight reel and a look inside the mind of one of the greatest sports athletes of all time, MJ. Not the singer, hee <laughs> hee, the basketball player. And my goodness, what a journey it was. Ten episodes, two a week, I bashed them out. Every episode was like a highlight reel of Michael Jordan's basketball career, showed you his ups and downs, the playoff games, and the title wins as well as the supporting cast that was his teammates throughout his 10 years at the Chicago Bulls. Man, I didn't know how how wild Michael Jordan's actual life was. I didn't know Michael Jordan's dad was brutally murdered until I watched The Last Dance. That man's life was not a piece of pie. He worked hard for everything he got. I think he's a bit of a sociopath as well after watching the show. Oh. The the man's drive and willingness to win, no matter what it takes or what he has to say or who he has to drag along the way, was um, 
was really A1 content. So I say The Last Dance. Fuck Tiger King. This was the best documentary of the year. I thought you were going to pick Tiger King when I heard documentary. I forgot what the last sentence was. Like, here we go. Hello, you cool cat and kitten, you. What are you going to no. <laughs> Um. Yeah. I mean, does it make does it make watching Space Jam a whole new journey now? When you watch Space Jam, does it give it a whole new look? Yeah, it, it's actually mad how much he didn't care about Space Jam. He was like, "I'll do yeah. this film if you Warner Brothers build me my whole my own training center out the back, so I can train for the season with my all star friends and make sure I win another NBA title." Oh, that was does crazy. He talk about Space Jam in it, does he? Was he in the in the show? Uh, it's a little segment. They're like, "Oh, Michael is doing a ah. big film." But he's actually focusing on the next season. Well, yeah, I mean, they're mad then. They're mad. I mean, you had a chance. You had a chance. You're talking to the star of Space Jam, and you want to do a documentary on, and you only give Space Jam a little segment. I mean, that's. It should have. This should have been the whole thing on Space Jam. <laughs> the whole ten part. I think they were more interested in his uh, his his actual career of not acting. Yeah, but Space Jam's an all timer. It's a classic. Ah, we'll see. We'll see if LeBron can one-up it in the new year. No way. I don't know. No way. I don't know. LeBron's a good actor. We'll see. What's your pick? Well, I see your... I see your super show, yeah? And I offer you another super show. The show had a season two. And let's just say it was super duper sexy. Literally, we got super sex. We literally got oh, super yeah. sex in it. <laughs> the Boys season two was a wild ride, and people it kind of came out just it kind of came out in the middle of everything. So, and it was more it was weekly as well. Uh, people were talking about it as much at the end because I think Mandalorian was coming out soon afterwards and or a few months afterwards. I don't know, but we all we all enjoyed the Boys season two, and like I said, we literally got to see super sex on the screen. That's, so that's it. your biggest takeaway. That's a, that's my biggest takeaway. <laughs> You're not fucking seeing Watchmen, no? <laughs> yeah, that was super. That was fucking. That, that was, was fucking all right. Fucking. You. <laughs> my God, my twelve year old eyes will never recover from that much yeah. gyrating. Patrick Wilson, yeah, gyrating in the L shit. Yeah, it's the music, very saucy, but we got to see yeah two two. What made your super sex you. better? Ah. Uh, what made your super sex better? What made the boys season two so good? Except for that, the boys, well, the whole story was just a lot better. I thought as well with the introduction of um, introduction of that character as well. I'm blanking on her name, but the Stormfront, the um, the the Nazi woman who comes in and Storm Stormfront, isn't it? Is that her name? Yeah, yeah, yeah Stormfront. Yeah, Stormfront's introduction was it was class. There was the whole dynamic between Huey and the boys again when he was there. You know, questioning what to do, and he's he's like lost at sea in the first three episodes, and you see he was his performance was a lot better this season as well. That episode where they drive through a whale was crazy. We got to see, yeah. I mean, oh, the yeah, effects yeah. and all were great. The story was crazy. The there was a lot of cool moments. The it still had the main theme of like how shitty corporate America is. It still had that saying. And then you got the introduction of like how like culty churches work as well that like that like that like that pretty much that church that's a piss take on Scientology I'm pretty sure that's in it oh, yeah. the, the church or whatever they're called the cult that the deep joins they're pretty much like a piss take on Scientology it was, it was very funny it was just funny it was good all round class time and again super sex <laughs> um the boys the only thing I would say that makes my show better than yours is, oh, uh, what the hell's her name? Billy Butcher's wife and her dumb, annoying, squeaky voice kid who brought nothing to the table. And they were such what a... What do you mean? Plot. They were such a through plot line throughout the season for Butcher, the like most important character in the entire show. They were his motive. And I don't know, the kid, the kid and the wife didn't deliver for me at all. I know you can say she bounced it back at the end. Don't want to spoil anything. I guess that kind of redeems it. But throughout, I was not a fan. She was so whiny. He was so whiny. I did. Uh, killed, I wanted Homelander to murder that. him, crush his little skull. Okay, that's he was a bit more annoying than Carol from dark, The Walking Dead. 
I mean, I think he was that annoying. I mean, he wasn't in it that much either. You know, I thought at the end, it was a bit crazy at the end. That thing at the end was, was mad. I thought him and Butcher were good on the screen together. Did you? Yeah. The best, His best line was his last line, I guess. The true kind of line of the last dance was the unseen footage. So the uh, recording crew got to hang with Michael Jordan for the final season of his career at the Bulls. So we got to see all behind the scenes of what it was like that season as well as well as all the one-on-one interviews with him and all his uh, teammates and just how wild all their individual journeys was through through the franchise of the Bulls. I thought it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not you haven't watched that either, have you? Guy. What? The yeah, you dance? haven't seen The Last Dance. Yeah. No, Man. no, no, I haven't watched it. It is A1 sports content. I'm not a huge basketball fan, but I like to dabble, check scores, watch highlights every now and then. But you don't even did have you to get be a to fan see of a, basketball to enjoy this. Did you get to see a man laser another woman though? Uh, for some reason, sexually in the show. No. No. Yeah. Michael Jordan did not laser My, on anyone's tits. Yeah. Well, that happened in the boys' season two, and let's just say it was something else. <laughs> Terrifying. Let's just say yes. I loved it. No. Yeah. That, I think everyone. Uh, that was the talk for a while and everyone watched that episode it was like wow that was two Nazis going at it super style two Nazis. evil Nazis why did she have to be a Nazi? it's such an easy out for a bad guy Nazi. it was the whole it was They're the whole the bad, bad guys yeah I know but she was like the OG she was like yeah but she was like a super Nazi she was like Hitler's BFF yeah she was the first Nazi also the first half of the boys I felt was a bit of a slog do you know what Billy I enjoyed it I was like, Those yeah, first three episodes when he wasn't there. And I also he's felt... In, he's, no, he's only out in the first episode. He pops up at the end of the first episode and he's in the next two. The, the whole thing with your one's brother as well, uh, when he comes over, the powers he uses on the episode on the boat was crazy good. Just a good I also action. didn't know where it was going to go. At the first. <laughs> like, when we got towards <laughs> the end, I was like, what, what have we been building towards? And then I felt the climax was all the last two episodes. I thought it was, it was well paced and... We're, we're all going to tune into season three, though. Anyone that watched it is going to tune into season three. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. Yeah. You're coming back for thirds. One of the so, super ma- natural bros is in it. I'll be back. Yeah, he's coming in. Yeah. Jensen Eccles. It's good to know that they have Those a uh, solid five-season arc, though. They have an end in mind, so they know what they're going to do. Yeah. They're making a spin-off show, is it? Yeah, me and you are going to be in it. I'd we could that. play high school superheroes. Sky high. Just sky high, but right or Like, that's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Sky High was a one. Yeah, but I'm gonna stick with my Last Dance one. I think Last Dance was better, as a whole. Uh, maybe I don't know. I didn't see it, so I can't really. I can't really say. Should have. You had nothing but fucking time. I don't like basketball. I'm not. I'm not a big basketball guy. Yeah, I'm not big a basketball guy. You're fueling the stereotype. What stereotype? I don't know. Oh, what stereotype? <laughs> white, white guys are no good at basketball. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no you good at watching a TV show. I'm no good at both of us are no good at basketball. I'm pretty sure, right? Hey, hey, hey! Back in my youth, I could shoot an L three. <laughs> okay, we come to the end of that debate. You choose the winner. If you've seen both, you'll have a you'll have the knowledge of both, and you'll decide which one is better. Whose argument was better? You decide, audience. On to the final argument, the debate, the name of this episode. So the statement is. Uh, we're, was it we're better off without cinemas and watching yeah. movies at home pretty much the cinema sucks and we'll be okay without it and we flipped a coin to see who had to defend that statement and I lost so that means I have to defend that statement right? do you want to go you know first what? or shall I you know what I believe it you know I fucking believe it I'll defend it I'll defend it see I've worked oh. in a cinema I've worked in a cinema for two years I know all the ins and outs I worked in the cinema industry I've seen you I, I know what you're all like when the lights turn on in that place. <laughs> when the lights turn on in the cinema, I know what you're like. And you're all disgusting. Anyone that's listened to this, you've all been to the cinema before. And you're all manky. You don't clean up after yourselves. You spill your food everywhere. Your drinks are on the floor. Better for the environment. If, the cin- if there was no cinemas. There'd be less <laughs> less glare going into the world. Meant the, meant, the, meant the trash I clean up a day in the cinema. One average day. Meant the garbage bags out in the bin. All because you guys won't put <laughs> in the bin yourselves.
Is is this your only argument for it? No, no. But there's also he's all talk he's all talk too much. He don't shut up when you're in the cinema, right? He's he's all talk too much. I can't watch the movie. Yeah, you're, if you're trying to watch a movie with a big crowd, everyone's talking, you know, over each other. You have someone annoying kids at the back, or you have people on their phones all the time ringing and talking on the phones, or when people have loads of kids in or something and they're just obnoxiously loud. But you watch a movie at home, you're comfortable. No one's gonna bother you. You know, once you get a big, you have a nice big TV, easy as pie. Also, people do be people do be smooching in the cinema and all that stuff, and just not on my watch. Yeah, no thanks, no thanks. Put those tongues away. The amount of times I had the flash with my 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 my, my light, my little light, when someone would come out and complain and be like, "Yeah, there's two people, there's two people, um, kind of, I don't know how to say, it, but they're like, um, they're like, they're like, they're kissing, they're 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 smooching, and it's distracting everyone in there. Could you go in and give them a warning? Could you? Yeah, no worries. Many times I have to walk in with a flashlight on people and like it's so sorry there. Can I see your tickets? <laughs> Can I see your tickets? <laughs> so that was my, that was my opener every time. Not tonight, lad. Not tonight, okay. You need to, you need to sit apart now, yeah. Stop it. Did you actually split them up? Not split them up, but I, I, most times, loads of times people would do it, they'd do it, they'd go up to the top, the, the premier seats to do it. Thinking, thinking they're slick hiding in the corner up top and I'd be top like... back corner, yeah. Yeah, but they didn't but pay for those. Them. They never paid for those extra tickets and I'd be like, I see your tickets there. I was like, yeah. They look, didn't you realize go how long you were. You could sneak yeah. right in and go. That's what I mean. That's what you're dealing with in the cinema every day and I had to do that nearly every day so it happens nearly every screen. I just don't think watching a film at home will be the same. Like I said at the beginning of this episode, this big dark room full of strangers and a big screen and a big surround sound transports you to wherever you want to be as an audience member, whether it's in a galaxy far, far away, or flying in the sky with Tony Stark, or on a pirate ship with Johnny Depp before he ruined his career. That's where memories are made. That's where stories are supposed to be told. I don't want to be at home watching Netflix or a DVD with my family thinking they can talk because we're in our own home and comfortable. No, I want to be uncomfortable, sitting beside an absolute stranger, touching elbows, yeah, experiencing the same story the same great story that I've paid an extortion amount for a ticket to watch because do you know why I love it I love the cinema and I don't think after this COVID-19 oh, I know you do. ruins the industry I think I don't think it'll be the same but they'll still be there and I'll still be going it's a lovely way love to hang out me and you me and you spent many many an hour in the cinema it's a cheap date a cheap mate date takes up a good chunk of your time and it's a joint kind of experience, a joint creative experience that you can talk about. It'll look better. It's made for the big screen. The sound is mixed with surround sound in mind. It's not made to be seen out of my shitty fucking 32-inch fucking piece of poo where I have to turn the volume up to 70 every time just to hear it. No. You just said it yourself, though. You, you, you make, you're uncomfortable at the cinema sitting next to a stranger. Like, who, who wants to be uncomfortable? You That's my own social yeah. anxiety. That's nothing about the mm-hmm. actual cinema. <laughs> elbows. You do love the cinema, though. You, you love a bit too much, Luke. I've, clean, I've cleaned up after you before. You, you're, you're, you're one of those people. You're an absolute rotter in the cinema. You are. You're this. <laughs> I never want to. I never want to see you in there again. I never want to see an Odin again, man. You're a joke. I'll never go to your Odin. I don't need yeah. it. Yeah. Every time you've gone, I'll be there with him watching watching a movie, and he knows I work there. If I get in, if I would ever get in for free. He's sitting there watching a movie. I've got this guy in for free at the movie. At least over. he I get could up do. And the le- I get up, I turn around, and he's just left. He's left his popcorn half spilled on the ground. His bag there, his post <laughs> left there. Fucking spilled loads of Maltesers or whatever and Malinstros on the ground. And I like, didn't bring me on. Happy as Larry. Here, happy as Larry walking out. Happy heading him walking out. Not a fear. I'm just like, like, Luke. I didn't bring my own dustpan and brush, man. It we don't need it. We've just been... Bring your trash out. Bring your trash out. It's, better for it's just very hard. It's not the first thing I do think about. Like, I'm pretty good when it comes People to bars and that. bringing my glasses up to, back to the bar, but I, the social etiquette of the cinema, I, I haven't mastered yet. I might try better. Try harder. It's not hard to master. You just bring your stuff out and put it in the bin. <laughs> That's it. That's the only thing you have to do. But it's dark <laughs> it. sometimes. It's real dark. Can't see where I left my trash. <laughs> you didn't I can't it. see. It's right next to you. It's at <laughs> your feet. The lights come on at the end. <laughs> Just wait. Nah. Yeah. We need no the cinema. Nowhere to hide. You wouldn't have had a job. You wouldn't have had a job without the cinema. 
We need the fit cinemas to stay open. It supports creative jobs. Everyone gets paid in, in nice world, for those ticket sales. In a perfect world, if people were clean and nice, then cinemas would be great. But for the sake of this argument, people aren't nice. <laughs> they aren't clean. So cinemas can do one, yeah? I want to sit at home by myself like a loner. Watch Home Alone 1 and 2 back to back. No judgement. No judgement. Yeah. No noise. Also, stream, if, 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 if movies are going on the streaming service, it's cheaper for the audience to watch because they they're paying their, what, 7, 8 euro a month to get all these new movies. Whereas you go into the cinema and the ticket prices are extortion for people. So, ticket prices are like extortionate in cinema. <laughs> streaming benefits. Ones in town. doesn't benefit the people who actually make the content. I don't know. I don't know how much money they'd be making off a Netflix stream. I think Netflix is like yeah. a set amount. Like, you're not going to be breaking box office records if there's a load of potatoes sitting at home just watching your film. You won't be hitting that billion mark. Look, it's better for me, though. What about me, Luke? You don't even work in the cinema anymore. What about me, though, watching... Your argument is invalid. I think we know we won that one. What do you mean? I've won easy peasy, man. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. I don't. I don't see anyone who anyone's gonna win these arguments every week when we have the, the statement. That was. A, that was. A, that was a tough one. Look, the cinema. Look, the cinema. The idea. Of the cinema's great. And, you know, sort of sound is all good, and the movies look great. But man, the the human the human component of the whole thing. You know, people. Disgusting. Absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> you're disgusting. Anyone listening, you're disgusting. No. And on that yeah. note. That's the end of the argument, I guess. I, I feel like I have something else in there somewhere. Well, something else, some do, you, do you have a final, another what final note? What's if, what I, thought that, I thought ending it and calling everyone disgusting <laughs> was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're all disgusting. That's it. We're all disgusting. Wow. We did it. I like Two episodes before the new year. Yeah. We had a, we had a powerful start. 60 listeners not bad not that's bad not for that. that's like you know breaking you yeah thought we were going to do no, no no numbers but thanks for all those 60 sympathy people listens. 60 people listen to us pop our cherry on this I'm glad I'm grateful now that's that like 60 people sex. over to watch you lose your virginity like that's crazy numbers Was it? I'll take you for listening guys and anyone who said I don't know if you got any feedback anyone say good job I like listening to you. Uh, anyone uh, my parents, anyone sympathise with parents, you? Uh, parents Your parents were like we're ash- No, they were like, we're ashamed of you, we'll never listen to this. Oh. Something like that, yeah. That was the only feedback. My dad like lied that. to me and kept saying he wanted to listen and then never did. Ah, parents, eh? Ah, parents. But uh, thanks to everyone who said it was alright, who enjoyed it. If you were lying or if you weren't lying, we appreciate you. This has been um, Screen Date, new name. Same Master voice. Debate. Masters of the debates. <laughs> Master debaters. Big thanks to everyone who's listened to the entire second episode of the Screen Bay podcast. We're hoping to make episodes weekly whenever possible, and we would really appreciate if you could spread the word about this podcast so we can just grow and build a bigger audience. Hopefully, the podcast will be available on other platforms soon. Thanks for listening, and hope you all have a happy new year.